Well, good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you are joining me here, I want to say thank you and welcome if you're brand new. I am late today. We'll talk about that in just a minute, but uh, I am a little haphazard this morning because I got to tell you guys, there is just so much to do and such tiny windows to do them and energy to get it all done. I'm watching a woodpecker go up the tree right now. So we're just going to take a deep breath and start again. And so you can see from the title, Why the Cat Killed Curiosity in Self-Defense. Uh, I had gotten the, the phrase stuck in my head, curiosity kills the cat, uh, curiosity killed the cat. Uh, and then I started to wonder what the origin of that statement was, because one of the things that I have noticed for a very long time is the utter lack of curiosity, and more specifically, the utter lack of anyone asking questions. And most conversations at this point in time have kind of devolved into a one-way lecture or, you know, two people reporting facts, but completely not interactive. Now, what's fascinating about these kinds of formats, video, audio, even the written word, is it's all one directional. And I've gotten a lot of flack over the years about things not being more conversational, more interactive in the same way. Of course, the dogs are all going crazy now. In the same way, uh, you know, when I turn the comments off of over at YouTube, uh, I got, you know, some negative feedback around that. But it isn't because people most, the ones who complain the most, it's not because they wanted to be connected or communicate, but they mostly like to tell me how I'm wrong or share their opinion about what I'm doing wrong or why they're right, or just running off into a direction that has absolutely nothing to do with the content. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't do anything about that dog. Uh, that isn't mine, and she has just a you-know-what on for me and barking. So uh, if she knows I'm alive, she is barking at me, and I am over on her side of the property. So uh, we just had the internet go out, or a power outage, and so we've been fussing with that for a while this morning. So again, <laughs> trying to refocus and take a deep breath. So the reason I wanted to bring that up is, you know, this is the month I wanted to focus on safety and security. And part of that, you know, is what we would call our own self-defense. How do we protect ourselves? How do we stay safe? And what really is security in the bigger context of things? And, you know, most of the time we talk about it as an object or a tool or a strategy. We talk about, you know, guns or fences or locks or thicker walls or higher walls. Uh, or more solid structures or underground structures. So we really, most people think about security and defense as something physical to keep out. Uh, you know, the next line of defense is strength, physical strength. I talked a little bit uh, before in a previous podcast how uh, one tiny woman completely let loose her adrenaline and she could take out four men. And so, you know, there's a little bit of a misnomer around that idea. Uh, I've talked about the nervous system as defense. Uh, you know, people who are, we all have, a, our nervous system is our primary defense 
uh, medium, whether it's to freeze up, it's to run away or to fight. And the body physiologically supports that. You know, when you fight, the blood flows into your arms. When you need to run, the blood flows into your legs. And when you freeze up, everything kind of constricts and your breathing becomes shallow and you become motionless. Uh, and those are all mediums of self-defense. That is the primary purpose of our first line of defense within our nervous system. Now, our nervous system does a whole bunch of other things. I heard somebody ask the question, what makes a good warrior? And I'm like, duh, you have to have the right nervous system. You have to be wired to be the best. You can train yourself, but it's just like an athlete. Uh, there's that guy... Alex, I can't remember his name, who's sort of the preeminent free climber, which means he goes up these crazy steep walls without any safety. And, you know, most of these guys die young and they did a brain scan and his amygdala, which is where our fear is, was, now I'm going to question myself, sorry, but whatever the fear, uh, I want to say amygdala, but I might be wrong, that, um, his was different. It was larger. It was his fear response was inhibited. So what would cause any sane person to freeze up, you know, being, you know, 500, a thousand feet, a thousand yards on a sheer cliff with nothing but your hands and your feet and a little one inch ledge. Most of us <laughs> would never do that. But even if we did do it, we would freeze up. I remember, climbing 15 feet up a rock one time. And for whatever reason, you know, by myself out in the middle of nowhere, I was still young. I was a teenager. Uh, and I'm sitting there stuck and there was nobody to call for help. And I'm looking down and I absolutely knew there was no choice. I didn't have a way out of the situation that had anything simple or easy about it. And so my first response though, was to just freeze up because I knew not moving was the safest thing I could do in that moment. And then, you know, the, the wire for danger part, the fight response kicks in, like, I am not falling down. I am getting out of here. And I push myself to find a way down. But I can still feel that visceral reaction of looking straight down, thinking, what have I done? So every aspect of our nervous system is vitally important for each particular situation. I just believe, you know, we're kind of primarily wired in one particular way. And what does that have to do with curiosity? Well, I don't think most of us think about curiosity in relationship to safety. And I think one of the biggest reasons is because anything to do with safety, security, is a fear-based response because what I'm afraid of something. And most of us don't think about curiosity in relationship to fear. We think about curiosity as a luxury that some people have. And I have to tell you, I am shocked by the complete and total lack of curiosity in almost everybody. And there is an innate uh, relationship between curiosity and intelligence, but mostly I think we just literally, you know, beat it out of kids where I heard a study one time where when they initially tested creative genius in five-year-olds, 
it was really high. I want to say like 85% showed some level of creative genius at five. By 15, that same group number had dropped to 15%. And it wasn't a nature issue. It was a nurture issue. It wasn't a normal evolution. It was a conditioned cultural experience. And if you've ever watched the way people take care of their children, uh, we put them in car seats and people stick them in front of the TV to watch TV, but now they just hand them a device. They hand them a phone, they hand them a tablet, or, or they turn the television or the computer on. And all of those systems are designed to rewire the brain. And one of the things that I think gets wired out is curiosity. And if you've ever, you know, I'm ha I have the puppy now, right? And we also have this kitten here. And there's such a natural curiosity about life, about, uh, I, you know, I just went and bought her a bunch of brightly colored toys at the dollar store, yay, dollar store, that uh, I wanted the bright colors because I was not sure if she was able to see and also it's easier for me to find what she's playing with, but she is just, if not more happy with chewing up a cardboard box, uh, finding a pine cone. Uh, I think she will be the hunter of us all. She's already brought me a dead mouse, two cicadas uh, and several beetles. And she's an excellent retriever. So she's got a lot of natural curiosity. And that's really what our youth is all about discovering the world. That's sort of the beauty of children is you get to experience the world in a brand new way all over again. Uh, and I was really lucky. My mom was a first grade teacher. So she, and I was the first child, you know how that goes. <laughs> she was constantly feeding me things to be curious. She was taking me to train stations, to parks, to petting zoos. She bought me blocks. Uh, you know, she she gave me things that created, uh, had took imagination. She didn't just give me, you know, a toy that was complete. She gave me tools and colors and projects and constantly exposing me to new experiences and, you know, stimulating my brain and, you know, wanting me to be creative. And I remember, you know, the look of exhaustion on her face. Well, why? Why is the sky blue? Why? 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 And, you know, and as in any adult, you know, trying to exercise <laughs> endless patience, you know, eventually it was like, ugh, uh, you know, and then by 12 or 13, she was in graduate school and I was going to the University of Houston library and checking out books and reading, you know, because I had why, why, what, how does this work? I mean, my whole life has been, you know, one long quest in curiosity. And because I do that on my own, you know, I don't, I haven't thought a lot about it. But as I've met people here and there over these last 10 years, I've noticed this complete lack of curiosity. Nobody ever asks me a question. I ask them questions all the time. Unfortunately, it's mostly an interrogation. But no one ever asks me a question. And I don't think that has anything to do with me because as I observe, you know, the way other people speak to each other, nobody is really that interested in what the other person is thinking or feeling. They just are desperate 
to be seen and heard in terms of what they are thinking and feeling. And I think there's just a lot of sadness about that. And so that's a topic I've had a lot of thought about over the years. And because I've been basically isolated now for the last 10 plus years, you know, it's only been the last two uh, that I, or a year and a half, I guess now, that I have been back, quote unquote, out in the world because I knew pretty much the same people when I was in uh, the cow farm. I, you know, I interacted with the same people and they had no curiosity about me either. Just I was weird and they left me alone and I'm okay with that. But I am shocked by the never ending lack of curiosity. And so I originally had wanted to title this, you know, Curiosity Killed the Cat. But then I started to think about, well, why is that important in relationship to especially what's going on in the world right now? And because so much of what's being driven in the world right now is about creating fear, fear of each other, fear of the future, fear of our safety, fear of our health. Nothing kills curiosity faster than fear. And while we believe that fear is the motivator to provide self-protection or self-defense or to create safety or create security, the problem with that is, is that fear is a contracting energy. And so people stop trying to find the facts and the truth and they start building their walls or their protection with what they want to be true. And I think what we're seeing so much of, this rigid digging in, wherever your line or box is about your belief system, about what's going on in the world, that box or that boundary or that line is specifically designed to sit at the edge of your fear about what you're comfortable knowing as your truth. And then... Some people run around telling everybody else what they think is true because the more people that believe their version, the more certain they are, this is pretty subconscious, but the more certain they are that they're right. And so they find safety in numbers by not being curious, but by trying to condition the response that this is the truth, so this is all I need to know about. And that becomes increasingly limited the more rigid our thinking or the more fear-based we are. You know, I haven't made this correlation in a long time, but, you know, I was reminded again as, you know, this more information is coming out about, uh, you know, what the, the big V is doing to everybody's body. And, you know, the fact that this was intentionally done to people is still overwhelming, right? It's hard to even swallow that. But the complete lack of curiosity about what the truth is. And uh, I was listening to an interview that Mike Adams was doing with an embalmer. I've forgotten his name. And he's had, you know, 20 plus years of embalming. And he's been keeping all of these things that are coming out of uh, when he's embalming people you know, the fluid gets blocked. And so he has to literally go in and pull out whatever's blocking it. And there are these long, stringy, kind of fibrous things. And he's got, 
hundreds and hundreds of them in refrigerators. And he's been trying to get people to talk about it. And he's been trying to get his co-embalmers to talk about it. And everybody's afraid because they'll lose their job. Because the fear of losing their job or their livelihood is more important than their curiosity about what's really happening. And it's that curiosity, what's happening, that's the only way to stay safe. If you don't want to know what's really going on, you can never be safe in a big picture way. You can do a great defense system, but it's like building, you know, the world's best uh, walled in city, right? That's what they used to do or the big fortresses with great big walls. And all the enemy had to do though, was to lay siege, which meant they cut off all your supplies, which is sounding eerily familiar here. Uh, you know, we are under siege as they are, as the food processing plants are burning and the energy is being cut off. But when we're afraid to see that, we look to, oh, we have police. Oh, we have 911. Oh, the politicians will pass laws. And oh, they really couldn't be doing this on purpose. And oh, you know, I think everything will be okay. And oh, some it will all go back to normal. There's no curiosity about what the real story is, usually until it becomes so painful that you cannot look away you know, anymore. And, you know, when you're in the basement with the serial killer, the only people that survive are the ones that are curious enough to, to want to see, well, am I really locked up? Uh, am I really uh, going to find a way out? Uh, am I you know, going to start asking this guy questions so that I start to form some kind of connection? Maybe you know, I can do that. That's one of the uh, pieces of advice they give you when someone's trying to kill you. If you form a bond, maybe they won't be able to kill, kill you. Um, I don't know if that, that really works with a serial killer because that's psychology and they're doing something different. But uh, I don't know and I hope to never know <laughs> about that one in particular. Uh, but the only person that gets out is the one that's going to still be curious. How tight are my restraints? Do I have a way to pick this lock? Uh, what are the patterns that I can observe so that I can find maybe a moment where things will be safe for me to break free. Oh, yeah. oh my God, she just brought in some goodies, nasty spit bucket. Blech. So curiosity didn't kill the cat. The real statement is care killed the cat, C-A-R-E. And uh, when I was looking up the origin, the, the earliest one was in the late 1500s within a play. And I don't have all that stuff in front of me because, like I said, the internet went down and I was just scrambling to get this to you. But part of the statement that it was Care Killed the Cat was also the Helter Skelter, which I thought was kind of interesting. It was in that same original sentence from a play that bred those two phrases. But the original word care meant worry, to care too much, to worry about killed the cat, which really isn't curiosity. And there really is not a clear delineation when that transformed. I guess you could move to care, meaning, you know, I want to know, but its original was to worry yourself to death, which makes a lot of sense because that's exactly what I'm saying. Worry is just another state of fear. 
and fear will kill you physiologically. It does terrible things to your body, but it scrambles your brain. It, it just messes everything up. You know, we get sick, we get stressed. All those things are activated by fear. But curiosity is what will save you. But what I'm seeing is that we are killing our curiosity in self-defense, thinking that if I don't know, and here's my favorite phrase, right? Then I don't have to take responsibility and I will be safe because somebody else will take care of me. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. But the lesson, the deep, deep end of the line lesson is always about personal responsibility and how far down that rabbit hole you want to go is basically, you know, your spiritual journey and your personal experiences as human. And none of us make it all the way down that road. It's an ever evolving road. What I noticed is what happens is that the patterns emerge and you can start seeing it's the same question. Uh, how, in which, how am I responsible in this situation? repeating itself over and over and over again. And when we're afraid and we don't want to be responsible, we stop being curious because we don't like the answer. And so when we're interacting with each other, if we're so lonely or we're so fearful or we're feeling so abandoned or we're so anxious, anything to stop that feeling, but we're not curious we want the other person to validate where we are in our own belief system. And that means that we'll be safe. <sighs> we can relax, right? Oh, I'm okay. I'm not crazy. Uh, you know, we see that with people who have extreme beliefs about uh, certain rituals or religious practices. Uh, you know, I think one of the, the ones that always blows my mind are the when people believe I think there's parts of the Bible where they have the snake uh, and, you know, they have this whole thing with the snakes in the chapel. And, you know, there's groups that practice that as absolute, but they aren't curious about maybe what the origins of that are. It's the same way with uh, some of the ritual about eating pork. Well, you know, when they didn't have food preservation, the pork gets those worms that go into your brain uh, I have actually had patience with that. It's horrible. It's totally disgusting. And so it made a lot of sense. They may not have known there were worms in the brain, but they see that people weren't doing well. And so, you know, there was a forbidden practice. And, you know, those are the kinds of things that came forward across time that there was a reason for, but somebody got curious and started to explore and said, oh, it isn't that you can't eat pork. It's just that you need to make sure it's really cooked so all those worms die. I know. Who wants to go eat pork now, right? So it's, it's something that's been, I've observed for a long time. And I think because I'm in a new situation, uh, you know, with people and we're in, we're sort of over our getting to know each other phase and, you know, things are kind of settling down and, uh, you know, I'm back to retreating to my little private space because uh, I don't have uh, a way of interacting easily with people who have no curiosity. Uh, and I also am observing 
that my excessive curiosity feels like an interrogation. Uh, and most people don't find that, you know, fun or enjoyable. And, uh, and it's uncomfortable. And I know that about myself. And, uh, you know, it's different when it's professional, but on a personal level, I'm just bored by chit chat. You know, I'm, uh, and there's not a lot to learn about from other people because I've spent so much of my time learning. There's not a lot, you know, that I'm interested in that I don't already know a lot about. And so it's kind of hard for me when people want to teach me about something I already know a lot more than they do. And of course that doesn't make them feel good. So I think there's two pieces to this I wanted to bring up. One, you know, when we're talking about practical things like safety, security, and self-defense, there's nothing more important than your curiosity about asking real questions and be willing to look at the real truths because we're in a moment of time where we're being so highly manipulated. You have to be super curious in order to do a lot of asking questions and investigating and listening to all sides to just try to find one tiny discerning truth amongst it all, because the higher the fear, right? The, the more ingrained people get into their rigid and belief to stay safe and feel self-protected. Uh, it's, you know, the, the safest place to be is in the place of least defense and allowing yourself to be curious, uh, but not, but not, uh, but paying attention. There's a difference, right? There's obliviousness and curiosity. Oh, maybe I'll just go walk over that cliff versus uh, paying attention and being uh, curious, nuanced curiosity, watching people's reaction, paying attention. Are they doing what they say or are what they say and what they do two different things? Are they smiling when they tell me that, or are they uh, you know, looking at their eyes when they're telling you that you're safe or they like you or, uh, you know, the serial killer is the most charming person in the world. You have to be extremely curious and discerning to figure out that you are being led into a very dangerous place. Lack of curiosity is I want you to tell me what I already believe is true because then I will feel safe and nothing could be more dangerous. And what we're seeing right now is just this outrageous persecution of the messengers, of anybody who wanted to dig in and was curious about the realities of our power structure, the realities of our government. Uh, you know, where's the money going? What's really going on medically with people right now? Those people are being persecuted and that creates fear because there's a desperate need for the cat to kill curiosity because otherwise the cat's in charge, so to speak, they won't survive because it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all us agreeing to our own demise because we weren't curious because the electricity came on. You know, my first question is why is the internet down? And so well, the electricity is off. Why is electricity off? You know, this curiosity that solved that problem. Or I could just sit here and wait till somebody else got curious to figure it out. I would rather be the person that asks why. But my experience is that is becoming less and less and less. And the more you are like that, kind of the lonelier you are because 
it's so difficult to have a conversation that does not involve people getting upset if you do not fully agree with their belief system or they just have no interest in finding a way to have a conversation. They just want to tell you what they know because they're desperate to feel seen and heard. And, you know, I know that there's a gift in giving that to people, but I just don't have a lot of energy. (laughs) It's something I don't think I can do anymore. Uh, I decided that maybe I'll just tell people I'm, I have slight autistic tendencies, but I think maybe I'll just go full autistic because then I have an excuse, right? No eye contact. I can't. Uh, Actually, women in autism is super interesting. It's very, very different, you know, than what we've been led to believe, just like ADHD. So anyways, that is my uh, observation and my offering of information. Uh, I didn't do my little 10-minute summary on your journal question, but I think it's fairly evident what the journaling question will be. It's about curiosity. Do you have it? Do you want it? Why do you want it? Or why do you not want it? Uh, And I think it will uh, really give you insight into your relationships with others. I think if you were here, you have to have some degree of curiosity. Uh, I think it would be hard-pressed to listen to me and not be curious uh, in some way in your life. I think I would be unlistenable to if you had zero curiosity, because I'm certainly not telling you that uh, you're safe and you don't have to ask questions or think about anything. (laughs) Very essence of my conversation is question everything, question, 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 explore, examine, assess. You know, that's how I believe we're here to move through the world so that we can grow and learn and become and experience and repeat and repeat and repeat, Uh, not to solve a problem and to just be done. So with that, the dog just crashed as I am winding down the podcast here with you. I'm just going to take a deep breath. I am going to resume the nightmare number of things that need to get done. Uh, One of the things that happened yesterday that put me over the edge was uh, the beetles ate all my six-inch sunflowers. I had like four or five sunflowers that were really taking off. And you know, in the morning they would face the sunrise and by the end of the day they were facing the sunset. And I was so excited because those were the mammoth sunflowers I planted. Uh, But yesterday morning I had to get up early and I went down and made my food gathering supply run. And so I was all happy because I came home and I have a lot of food right now. For the first week, it's an overwhelming amount. And then I buy a lot of stuff for someday, not for today. But, uh, but I happened to walk out to the garden because uh, I had picked up some mullen, M-U-L-L-E-N. If you get a chance to find that, it has those big leaves that are really soft and fury, furry, and they are excellent for cancer, for lung disease, for immune system uh, support, for uh, just a really all-around good medicinal herb. You dry it and make tea. And so I pulled a couple out. I gave one that people I told about that I gave it to were totally uncurious, even though they have cancer and lung disease. But hey, what can I say? Uh, but I planted one of mine. And so that's why I was out in the garden. And I thought, wait a minute. And these beetles are really interesting. You look on the ground and you see one, but you have to readjust your focus before you can see that there's a sea of them on the ground. And there were the same black and gray beetles that ate everything when I was in Mountain Air every year. Because first these come and then some green ones come. And 
everything would get eaten because it was they're so pervasive. It was just, uh, you know, and it happened in one night. It just happened so fast. But between this morning, that morning and yesterday afternoon, my sunflowers were gone. So uh, I tried tea tree oil soap and a little bit of oil and water and sprayed it. And so far, you know, they stayed off. I can't, they left. They just show up and then they just disappear. I don't know where they go. Uh, so, so far, my what's left, they creamed about half my corn and I have some other little plants coming up, but I was just devastated because I really wanted those great big mammoth sunflowers and it's getting late, you know, in the year. So I lost my peace of mind, but I was curious. So I hopped on the internet and I tried to figure out how to protect them and we'll see how it goes. Or I could just, you know, stay mad. So curiosity, I think, is a really important trait. And I think it's something that we don't like in our children because it's exhausting to have a curious child. <laughs> but if you don't have curious children and you just have children who are dull and flat and just listen and watch and don't engage, I don't really think that we have much of a future because they are highly manipulated and I think we're seeing that take place when you look around in the world today. So curiosity didn't kill the cat. Worrying killed the cat. But the cat is currently killing curiosity because that's the only way it thinks it can stay alive. So that is just something to think about. Uh, I will see all of those of you who are uh, paid subscribers or Patreon members back here on Friday. The rest of you I will see on Monday. Uh, I've got most of the video footage done for a video. I just haven't had time to finish it up and edit it. There's just a lot to do this time of year. Big rain's coming. So I've got today and tomorrow to do the rest of my get ready for the rainy thunder lightning season. So back to work I go. Deep breath and I will see you next time.